As needles go in arms and more people around the world get vaccinated against COVID-19, the prospect of life returning to normal gets closer. But until everyone has their shot, the coronavirus could still spread and impact everyone's ability to enjoy life. And figuring out a way for those who are vaccinated to be able to move about freely could be a bigger challenge than distributing the shots. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is Why. Most of us cannot wait to get our shot or the jab and the sense of freedom that comes with it. For those who got their shot, could there be a way to prove they've been vaccinated? Well, one way could be what is commonly known as a vaccine passport. But Francois Bayless, a university research professor at Dalhousie University, has a different way to think about vaccine passports. Yes. So while the media and a lot of people are using this language of vaccine passports, I'm trying to insist that we should talk about them first as vaccination certificates, and then we should have a conversation about the ways in which these could be used. So the reason I insist on that is that everybody who chooses to get vaccinated will in fact have a vaccination certificate. It's the ethical, responsible thing to do, and it will happen. So that's inevitable. If you get a vaccine, you will get some kind of documentation that provides you with information about what vaccine you've received, when you received it, um, if you need to come back for a second dose, if it's a two-dose vaccine. And you're going to want that information, uh, partly to know what's in your body, but also in case at a later date, for example, you need to come back for a booster or something. Also, public health needs that information. And the reason they want that information is to be able to see over a population whether or not certain geographical areas have high participation and so perhaps are likely to have some kind of um, population immunity or moving in that direction and other places that really don't have that. So I think it's really important to understand there's that context. What I think is really important is to understand that that is what will happen. Beyond that are questions about, are there other arenas in which we could or should use this vaccine certificate? And that's when you get into questions about, well, could it be a passport for the purpose of international travel? Might we also use this, for example, in terms of getting access to long-term care facilities or hospitals? Should we use this to get access to bars, restaurants, gyms, religious uh, venues, etc.? So I think it's really important to pull the two apart because if you even look at some of the uses I've suggested that go beyond travel, they're not places that we typically talk about having a passport. I don't have a passport to go to the restaurant. I don't have a passport to go to the gym. So I think if we're trying to be precise, we should say we will have a vaccine certificate and then we'll have questions about where should this or shouldn't we not be thinking about using this. You have separated those two areas into two different things, kind of the the, the travel-related, international, kind of the classic idea of a passport, and then the more localized uh, uses of some sort of vaccination certification. Um, To me, that includes various levels of government. Uh, 
from the municipal or even business level, from the private business level, you know, the company that you work at, all the way up to international bodies. What are some of the the, the questions and some of the issues that the, that these different levels of uh, decision makers are going to have to wrestle with when deciding on whether or not to have to to require this uh, certification or these passports? Well, I think you're raising a very important issue there, which is to recognize that this documentation might be used domestically or it might be used internationally. And already that will tell you that you have different levels of government that would have to be involved in setting up the parameters, if you will, within which this documentation might be used. So locally, um, you know, there are questions about what a business can or can't demand of people wanting to access their uh, space, if you will. And does it matter whether they're an employee or a customer? You can imagine that that's going to be something that people will be interested in, in terms of business uh, practices. There are also going to be other places like healthcare facilities where people are going to be thinking it's really important to protect our patients or our residents or our healthcare providers, et cetera. In this country, health is a provincial responsibility. So you could imagine the provinces wanting to have something to say about that. But at the same time, when you look at issues like uh, international travel, if you're thinking about that, typically that would fall under the purview of the federal government in terms of, you know, what are the rules for international travel, but also more specifically, if we're thinking about contexts within which people have in the past had to provide evidence of vaccination with respect to travel uh, plans, that is also something that's been managed by Health Canada and by the public health agency um, through a vaccination uh, certification. And that then is tied, if you will, to the global level because the World Health Organization is responsible for international health regulations governing what are gonna be the proper rules that can be used in terms of border crossing, what arrangements have to be made and agreed upon. And right now, under the international health regulations, uh, the only vaccine that's there is the yellow fever vaccine. So an interesting question is, should COVID-19 be added to that list or not? Over time, if we have other pandemics, what are the standards? Should something else be added to that list or not? So I think, yes, one of the interesting and important facets of all of these proposals to use vaccine certificates for a variety of uses will in fact involve different levels of government. You could have national governments insist on travelers having that vaccine paperwork before arriving to those countries, and that could result in an escalation of sorts between those countries. What kind of challenge is that for the Canadian government? Absolutely. So let me answer your question by putting it into a broader context. One of the things that's really important to appreciate is a pandemic is a global crisis. It's a global challenge. And in that context, the World Health Organization is trying to engage and provide advice, direction, support. As concerns this issue, the World Health Organization is currently working on developing standards for digital vaccine certification. And that's important because you want to have similar understanding of what are the relevant pieces of information that are needed with respect to anything that requires global consensus, if you will. Now, while they're busy doing this, they've also been very explicit that this documentation, this vaccine certification should not be used for travel purposes. And they have given two reasons for that. 
The first reason is the absence of robust data from clinical trials with respect to the issue of transmissibility. And that's the thing that's really important here. I mean, the reason people want uh, vaccination certificates is to be able to show that they've been vaccinated, they've protected themselves, and they're not going to transmit the, the virus and hurt other people. Well, right now, the clinical trial data is with respect to the safety and efficacy of the vaccine for the individual. We don't at this point have the kind of data we would want to rely on with respect to this other issue of transmissibility. Now, to be fair, that data is coming. We are beginning to see information that suggests that there will be an impact on transmissibility. But for now, the WHO has said, we don't have sufficient robust information. And the second thing that the WHO has said is that we don't have adequate vaccine supply, which means that not enough people who would wish to be vaccinated are going to have that option and so then you're really looking at a situation of haves and have nots where I, for example, won't be able to get a vaccine certificate only because I've not been able to get a vaccine. So I think that's the broader context within which you have to look at this issue. We have a global organization saying to us, it should not be used for the purpose of international travel. Now, meanwhile, we have individual countries choosing to do as they please. And a number of countries have said that they are going to use this or they're looking at using this. Many uh, airlines have said that they too are planning to use this in order to be able to jumpstart their business again, which obviously has been dramatically affected by the pandemic. In this context, I think you could get to a point where Canada ultimately feels as a country that it doesn't have much choice. So it's conceivable that Canada would agree with me that the right thing to do is to respect the directives of the World Health Organization. But at the same time, it could be buffeted by the winds of the decisions made by other nation states. And in that context, the government could see that perhaps if they don't move in a similar direction, they're systematically disadvantaging Canadians would not want to be doing so and then might move in that direction. Something we haven't spoken about is is privacy. Uh, vaccination is health information and health information, as you noted earlier, uh, jurisdi provincial jurisdiction, and it's uh, very uh, tightly controlled by the provinces, what uh, health information can get to whom and to where. What Tell me about the, the, um, the decision-making process to include um, a, 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 a coronavirus vaccine on a vaccine on a on a vaccination certification, and where that uh, and and how that could affect uh, these various applications to that certification, whether it's internationally or locally. Well, I think that that's a really important question. I want to make sure at the at the outset that I say I'm answering this as a person with a background in ethics, not law. Uh, but from an ethical perspective, there are huge concerns with respect to privacy because we do think about health information as private information. And we do also know that sometimes health information can be used in ways that are contrary to our own interests. They can have discriminatory effects if people have certain information about us. In this context, I think there are a number of different layers of concern. So one of those layers of concern actually has to do with the technology, because we're talking about having digital certification and moving away from paper certification. So in that context, people worry about things like hacking. People worry about who's writing the code and who's going to have access to which information. Where's that information going to rest? 
um, who's going to be able to make those ultimate decisions about who can access that information and how will there be different levels of access uh, depending on the use that one intends to make of this documentation. When you're looking at digital certification, one of the things that's gonna become very important is how do you connect up the information that someone's showing you on an app on their phone to know that it's actually them. And so in that context, some people have suggested the importance of having some kind of facial recognition software at the same time. Well, many people are concerned about that. I mean, for example, I do have a smartphone, but I have not enabled the facial recognition because I think of that as private information. You know, and beyond that, just stepping outside the question of privacy for a minute, we happen to know that these facial recognition apps don't do very well, for example, with a number of faces from different ethnic groups. So that actually also then introduces another kind of pragmatic problem, but also an ethical problem in terms of potential discrimination. Francois, do we need vaccination certification? Do we need that immediately here with this coronavirus pandemic? And will that need exist once we reach our population immunity? Or could this be used for the future pandemics that eventually we will see uh, more when the next one comes? Well, certainly epidemiologists are warning us that there uh, will be another pandemic, and I don't know what the time frame will be. So at the outset, I would say at the very least, we should learn from whatever we've done wrong this time around and think carefully about what we want to do better the next time around. Having said that, I do think that when you look at this proposal for vaccine certification and you ask me the question, you know, is it useful now? Well, it would mean pretty much we could empty our long-term care facilities and all of those people could go traveling. Um, or we could allow all of our healthcare, lever, uh, healthcare providers to take a holiday and they could go traveling. But if you really look realistically at who has currently had access to the vaccine, providing those vaccination certificates to people with the intent of this being used for the kinds of things we've heard that have nothing to do directly with health or with public health actually isn't going to be um, all that useful at this time. And the reason for that is we are very slow with the rollout of our vaccination. And so at a current time, if you were to make this available, it's not really going to have much impact. Having said that, our government has proposed that everybody who wants a vaccine should have been able to get one by Canada Day. Well, I haven't heard anybody at this point proposing that we should have something that would be called uh, passport half vaccinations. So even by this summer, that documentation would be of limited use to the vast majority of Canadians who will not be fully vaccinated. So just in terms of the practicalities, I don't think it's going to be ready for use by Canadians for quite some time. If you're thinking about Canadians writ large, not a few elite members of the community who will be able to get access to vaccine before others. So then the question becomes, well, what about the long haul? Um, and that's when I think it becomes really important to understand the interplay between the goal of having a vaccination certificate and the potential reality of population immunity. Now, I'm saying potential reality because some epidemiologists think we will not be able to reach that. But if we are able to reach population immunity, the whole point of that is that it means that everybody is more or less protected, both those who are vaccinated and those who are not vaccinated. And therefore you don't actually require the kind of documentation that we have been talking about. 
So I think it really does matter when we have conversations about the possible use of vaccine certification for different things, whether we imagine that as an interim measure or whether we imagine that as the new world order. And I think there's a huge difference there. And I think we really ought to be thinking carefully about that because as I suggested previously, we have a practice of introducing um, behaviors, technologies, et cetera, and then compounding their use often in ways that are detrimental. The idea of these vaccine passport certifications, this is something that, that policymakers are beginning to consider, but it seems to me that there's a number of factors that are at play. What would you say those factors are? Absolutely. So I do think it's important to say that these conversations are useful and they have to be had. What I'm trying to do is to provide structure, if you will, for those conversations by saying, well, first, let's call a spade a spade. What we're actually doing is providing people with a vaccine certificate. That's a fact. That's inevitable. That's a good thing. Then I want to say, after you've accepted that, you then move on to the second part of the conversation, which is what are other possible legitimate uses for this certification beyond protecting your own health, beyond providing information to public health? And in that context, I've actually been arguing for um, standards, if you will, for the kinds of policies governments might introduce. The first thing, and I think one of the most important things, is that you want to have evidence-informed policy. And that would be good not just for this issue, but quite frankly, for any issue. And this is an arena in which I think for the first time, Canadians are really being exposed to decision-making on a rolling basis and are wanting to know that the advice they're getting from either the federal or provincial public health authorities is based in good science. So to be consistent with that and to respond to a public need, which has to do with trust ultimately, you want to be sure that any policy you introduce around vaccine certifications being used for other purposes like international travel is grounded in good facts. The second thing that becomes, I think, really important, which I've alluded to, but I wanna emphasize is you do not want a policy that will um, entrench or further exacerbate existing inequalities. Beyond that and connected to it is you do not want to exacerbate mistrust. And that's gonna be most important for getting people to consent willingly to be vaccinated so that we can move towards population immunity so that we can avoid moving into a world of haves and have nots with respect to vaccine certificates. And then I think the last thing is you really want to be sure that whatever you do aligns well with public health. This is Why is produced by me, Dave McIver, and Adam Toy. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email, thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands, wear a mask, stay home, and get a shot if you can. We'll see you soon.